Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. Everybody, welcome to the podcast today. We have a rare sighting of a guest on the show. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, it's a laziness thing for me because I know that I can record a podcast on my own and I don't have to involve anyone else as long as I'm just the one who has to record. And so it's been my goal for the rest of this year to have more guests on the podcast because I know how much you love listening to me, but I also know sometimes it's nice to listen to someone else. So we have Megan on the show today and I know how I pronounce your name in my head when I read it on social media, but just to prevent me from the embarrassment of saying it wrong, Megan, how do you say your last name? It's Weiss Heipel. And everybody always puts the S and the H together. That's what I was going to do. I was like, Megan Weishippel. Nope. <laughs> so, so in the German language, it's a German last name. S and H are separate. So that is the difference. But it's Weiss Heipel. Okay. So my kids are fluent in German. Do you know this? No. Yes. All of my kids are fluent in German because we have German immersion programs in our schools here in Utah. And there's other ones too. There's Chinese immersion. There's, uh, there's, uh, French, there's everything. And the programs were created here in Utah. And then other schools across the country, like New York city, they charge people $30,000 a year for their kids to go to these private schools to learn these languages. But because it was created here in Utah, all of our students get it for free. If you can get into a program. So most people have their kids on the waiting list when they're born. I do not have that type of planning ability. At least I didn't when I was having babies. So what happened for us was a charter school opened up a new school and they said, anyone can get into this school if you'll put your kids in the German program. And I was like, I'm in, let's go. Our kids are speaking German. And Sean's like, why German? Because he speaks Spanish, right? And I was like, because it's the only way we get into the immersion program. We got to go. So now all my kids speak German. We don't speak German. We have German ancestry. My my uh, my grandpa served a church mission for three years in Germany during the war. Uh, crazy heritage in that way. But, you know, my kids speak German to each other and we don't know what they're saying. Well, you should show them my last name and ask them how they would say it. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, my kids would have known this. That's what made me think of that. When you explained it, I was like, my kids would have known this and I don't know it. Okay, so a little bit about Megan. She is a mom of two girls, ages 11 and seven. I have a boy that's 11 and a boy that's eight. So we kind of have like that end. I have older kids too, but uh, she's also certified through the life coach school. That's where I got my life coaching certification, my master coach certification. And she specifically works with female entrepreneurs. And what I love about Megan that you're going to learn all about today is her passion is helping women change what they think so that they are not controlled by their circumstances. And you guys hear me talk about this all the time, how your thoughts create your results. And because you're a human being, 
You think that when things happen to you, that that causes the problem in your life, but that's not true. And it's so fun to have a fellow co-chair, Megan, who has the same uh, philosophy about life as me and all this, where it's just what you think, not just what you think, but it is what you think about the things that are happening to you that determine how you feel, that create the actions that you take, that create the results in your life. So I'm so excited to have you on the show, Megan. And Megan just wrote a book. A massive success. I've seen everything. Show it. Tell us the stats about your book, The Selfish Hour. I love the title, by the way, but tell us a little bit about your book and why you wrote it. Yes. Well, first off, thanks for having me on here. And I'm so excited that I am helping, you know, pioneer you to having more guests on the show here. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Good. Well, thank you so much for having me. But yes, so The Selfish Hour came about because. When I was about 35 years old, I I lost myself. I achieved everything that I thought I wanted. I had a big corporate job. I had a network marketing business on the side. I had kids. I had the house. I had the marriage. Like Everything on the outside on paper looked good, but I just lost myself in the process. I felt like I was wearing all of these jackets, mom, wife, boss, you know, entrepreneur, working at the school, doing all of the things, volunteering everywhere. And then I didn't know who I was. I lost the authentic self in the process of trying to be everything for everyone. So one day I, a thing happened at work and I was just like, I don't know. My husband and I got into an argument and he said, why do you act that way? And my instant thought was like, because of you, I act that way because of you. And I had this moment where I just went, why do I act like that? And it literally, that that question of why shifted everything for me. Mm -hmm. So the next morning I woke up early and I went into my office and I was like, I I need to change some things. So 5.30 to 6.30 AM, two years straight, every single day, that's what I titled my selfish hour. I taught myself how to meditate, journal, just read books, watched YouTube videos of amazing speakers. And I just started to reconnect back to me. And it was funny because I got certified as a life coach after this entire process, but everything I started to learn, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I did. Like I was looking at my thoughts and why did my thoughts make me feel that way? And why those feelings led to my actions? I didn't even realize that I was doing that process, but all that journaling and everything I did took me back through my childhood. I always say you can't get to your past or your future until you go through your past to do that. When I started to work through all of that stuff, that's what became the book. So all those journal entries and all that writing, all of a sudden, when I started speaking on stages and I started sharing it in different places, every woman was like, I can relate to that. You should write a book. And I was like, it's kind of already written. So that's where it came about. So on May 3rd this year, six hours after it went on Amazon, it hit number one bestseller in three different categories and it just took off. And it was amazing because I I felt like I shared all of the skeletons in my closet. Like, hey, here is all the things that I dealt with, all of my imperfections, all of the areas that I misstepped. Like, here's what it was that I went through but also here's how I dealt with it. Here's how I got to the other side. Here's how I learned acceptance and faced it with love and really became a better version of myself. And through that process, like my marriage got stronger. I became a better mother. I quit my corporate job and built my coaching business. Like I literally rewrote my entire life 
when I changed my mindset. Well, and it's so fascinating to me how like even just the title of your book, The Selfish Hour, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, isn't it interesting that as a female, we think that pouring into ourselves is selfish. Like I love the title of the book because The Selfish Hour, everybody knows what it means instantly. Like, yeah, it's my time. It's my time. And it's so fascinating to me that we identify that as a selfish thing and that that's not something that our husbands do. It's not something that men are conditioned to think about. When when a woman has a baby and you think, oh my gosh, I don't have time to shower anymore. I don't have time to eat. Like those are the things that were hard for me where I put on the back burner is the most important thing for me was to nurse my baby, change my baby, bathe my baby, uh, make sure my baby's developing, all those things. But my husband still showered every day, found time to eat. None of those things were a problem for him. Why? Because of he gives himself permission to think about his things differently than we as females give ourselves permission to think about things because of the way that we're socialized. And it's different in every country, right? But most most of our listeners here, so we, we do have lots of different people in lots of different countries that listen to the show. But I, I think it's so fascinating that in, in many countries, women's needs are socialized to be on the back burner. And so this idea that it's selfish for us to even spend an hour is so fascinating to me. What do you think about that? Yeah. So in the book, I redefine what selfish is. And I talk about this because a lot of times we see the word selfish as women and it's a negative. I can't be selfish. It's got to be about everybody else. I can't be selfish. And I said, no, selfish means I care so much about everyone else that I'm willing to pour into me first and take care of me so I could take better care of everybody else. So to me, that is what selfish really means. And it started to catch on. Every woman's like, well, I want to be more selfish. Like I, I can do that. But when you're not selfish, you give permission to those around you to be selfish. Mm-hmm. As you were just saying with your husband or your kids or other people, when you're not taking that time for yourself, they will take that time because mm-hmm. we, it just kind of happens. So when I started this time in the morning, all of a sudden I realized like my husband he noticed a difference in me. He noticed that I was more positive, that I wasn't as snappy at him or the kids. He started to notice it. And then all of a sudden he was doing more with the kids in the morning. Like, oh no, mom's upstairs. She's doing her time. One day he walked a smoothie up to me. He's like, here, here's your breath. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really on to something here. Like he's, he's doing all that. And I have more time here, but it went throughout our entire house. Like they saw the difference in me and he wanted to keep that going. And it just really, it transcended through the entire house of me taking care of myself, took all of them took better care of themselves because I was doing it first. You know, when I looked up the definition of the word selfish, it said lacking consideration for others, concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. And when you look at that definition, Megan, and you look at how women perceive selfish to be such a negative thing, right? In my mind, I think, why is it selfish to put myself first for my own needs? It's not. 
It's not. It's not. But yet we have this belief around it being such. And I see so many business owners, especially women that are trying to make a living in network marketing or some other form of entrepreneurship or even working in corporate America. And they oftentimes feel selfish for working. Yes. Their husbands never do. Never. They never feel selfish for working because they've been raised to think it. And this is something that really, like when I was going through master coach certification, this is something that really like blew my mind is I had this realization that everything is made up. Everything. Mm -hmm. Words are made up. Definitions are made up. Hot and cold is made up, right? Everything is someone's opinion and everything is made up. Now, we don't want to like change the things that are working well for us and be like, oh, everything's made up. So it's all fake. So it's all not true. But everything is made up. And so when you think about the fact that everything is made up, then the idea of selfishness, in fact, is also made up. And why are you attached to believing that it's a negative thing? Because it's a made up thing that selfishness is negative. Like nowhere in the definition does it say this is a negative word and a negative thing to be. Like I'm going to read the definition again. Na- selfish is an adjective and it means lacking consideration for others, concerned, concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. The definition is a circumstance right? If we look at the model and we put the definition in the circumstance, it's what we think about it. Oh, that's a bad thing that makes us feel negatively about it. But the actual definition is neutral in and of itself. It's a word. It's a made up thing that someone decided these letters put together, make this word, make this meaning. Mm -hmm. And we all just agree that that's selfish and that it's a bad thing. But what I love about your book is it shows women a way to look at the word selfish in a positive way. Because it's like putting your own oxygen mask on first, right? Like my mom was a flight attendant. I've I've been on hundreds of thousands of airplanes. I have the spiel memorized. People are like, (laughs) why aren't you paying attention? I could get up. I could do this whole thing. I could show you the mask. We could do the seatbelt thing. Like I've got it down. I I, I could get up and do it if you need me to do it, right? And so when you look at it, though, of putting your own mask on first, how is that selfish? And let's say it is. Let's say it is selfish to do that. How do you know it's a negative thing? Don't. And when you even just said the definition, I was like, if you pull out a little part of that definition, one's own personal profit or pleasure, that instantly sounds like a positive to me. (laughs) Like, If you just pulled off that section, why is that bad? So I even did this before I put this on Facebook because my publisher pushed back on me and said, do you think it should be selfless hour? Mm. And I'm like, no, that's not what it's titled. I, when I did this, my whole family in my house knew mom's doing her selfish hour. Like I just called it that. Yeah. And she, and my publisher pushed back, like, Megan, I don't think it should be selfish because that sounds negative. And it was a female as well. She said, it should be the selfless hour. And I said, to me, that actually sounds more negative. Like, no, it's not about me during that hour. It's about other people. Mm -hmm. And no, it's going to be the reverse. And that's why I did it first thing in the morning too, because I felt like it was 
putting on my suit of armor throughout the day. Like I am going to take care of my body first. I'm going to take care of my mind first so that I approach everything from a very proactive space. I realized prior to doing this, I was very reactionary with everything. Woke up with my kids instantly in mom mode, then in work mode, then in mom and wife mode again. And I was just, I was doing everything very well and at a high level, but it was all reactionary. When I put myself in the shower first and took care of my mindset first, I was very proactive throughout the day, which means I approached everything better. My decision-making better. My communication was better. Everything shifted when I just took that time for myself in the morning. Yeah. And I don't know if you see this with your clients, but as you're saying this, something that I see with my clients all the time is I often am the only one that gives them permission to do things in their life that I just do without thinking about it. So for example, giving someone permission to take an hour of their time, like you do in the selfish hour, to do these things, to put on their armor, some women are going to see this and go, is that allowed? Of course it's allowed because all the rules are made up. Everything is made up. Being on time to church, it's a made up thing. Time is a made up thing. Stop signs, stop lights, lines on the road. It's all made up. Do we want to keep them? Yes. These are the foundations of functioning society. We want to keep them. There are things that we don't want to keep, like being selfish is negative. And if that you are a selfish woman, if you take care of yourself. I remember thinking a rule that I made for myself this year is my I get into bed at 9.30 and I read a book for an hour and I go to bed at 10.30. And there were some friends that when I first started doing this, they would say, well, I could never do that because I have to get my kids in bed. And I just decided, I mean, my kids are, I don't have little babies or anything anymore. Mm -hmm. The logistics for me make sense at this point in my life. And if I did have little babies, did you know there's still a way to make anything possible in your life that you (laughs) want possible? Like, uh, for example, I have this, uh, I have this, uh, master coach mentorship program that I do in my coaching business now called the coaching mentorship. And we've had such a huge demand on it that we've considered doing it at a different estate, but we have this beautiful winery that we love to do it at in the Santa Ana Hills of Newport beach. And I I texted Dr. Paul, the psychologist that I pair up with. And I said, you know, if we do any more, we wouldn't be able to do it at the retreat. And this is what he said to me. And I loved it so much. I still, I laugh about it. He, he, uh, he said, I can hear our mentor, one of our mentors that we met each other with Jody Moore. She also, uh, certified through the life coach school. And he said, he said, I can hear Jody's voice now with her hand to her forehead saying, if only there were other magical places to hold a retreat. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's all made up. We make it all up in our minds and then we define our lives around it. And so this idea of like, could I go to bed at 930 every night with teenagers? I can. And I do. And we have found a way and a system that works. Could you find a way to do it for yourself in any way that your life is? You could. 
And you'll have all these excuses that come up in your mind of ways you can't do it. In fact, you have them right now in your business, everybody, that you're listening right now. You're you're making up excuses for why you can't be successful in your business. You can't get on all the team calls. It'd be too many messages to handle. Uh, you, you wouldn't want people to think certain things about you. What would happen if you made more money? What would happen if you ranked up? What would happen if you left your network marketing business? What would happen if you became a coach? All these things I wrestled with when I decided to lean into coaching, right? We have all these definitions of what would happen. And yet they're all made up and yeah, are the made up things in your mind, defining your life in the way that's in line with your goals and the results you want. If the answer is no, it's worth taking a look at. What are you thinking right now as you think about this, Megan? So I have coaching clients tell me all the time, I don't have an hour. Like you, you were able to carve out an hour. I don't have an hour. So then I say, grab your phone and go to your statistics of how much time did you spend on social media? Like read those little things for me right there. Oh, two and a half hours throughout the course of the day, you scrolled social media. That is not growing your brain. That is detracting you. That is an escape that you are using to escape your thoughts, to escape your feelings, and to just lose yourself into something else. What if you took that time, and I call it our purposeful pockets of time throughout the day, and you could create that selfish hour for you? Maybe it's not in the morning. Maybe you have little babies and they get up or I get that. But where can you find time in your day to fill your own cup? And everybody can do it. And I love what you're saying. They're like, hey, it's all just made up and time is made up. So if we're the creator of that, where can you create that time? Well, that's the key. Understanding that you are the creator of your life. And that's really what your book encompasses, right? Is this ability and it's everything that you're about is for women to discover that you are not a product of your circumstance, that you are the creator of your life. And if you don't like what you've created, you have the power to change it by what you think. How awesome is that? And how awful is it to think that anything outside of us could control what we create. That's not even true. That's a thought error. You get to be the creator of whatever life you want to live. And if you don't like the life that you've created for yourself, you can reinvent it at any age, at any time, no matter what. And I've shown everybody how to do that the last two years. Megan, you've done it with how you've created your business, with how you wrote your book. You can create any life that you want to create. So in closing, Megan, if you could give our listeners one piece of advice, it might be today that they just have awareness that they've limited themselves by these definitions and rules that they have made up about how they can't create a selfish hour, how they don't have enough time in their day. Isn't it nice? for Emily and Megan, that we have extra time, that we've created these lives, that we can have this selfish hour. Yours is at the beginning of the day. Mine is at the end of the day, right? But we we figured out a way to do this. And that's just nice for us. And you've shown them that they have all this time on social media, but they're not willing to give that up. So what would you say to someone who feels like, only things like this happen for everyone but themselves. Mm. What advice would you give them? 
So the word that is coming up for me when you started saying this is worthiness. A lot of women don't feel that they are worthy and deserving of doing this themselves. You know, I just like I've, I see all of where you changed your um, everything you've talked about in the past couple of years. I've seen all of that. My whole book goes into all of my skeletons in my closet, trauma from my past, an abusive relationship, an alcoholic father, my own struggles with alcohol. Like that is what I go through. So when you look at Emily and I and say, oh, well, you've carved this all into your life. I created the life that I wanted. I had this other life before that looked all good on paper and I lost myself. So I made a decision that said, I'm going to create the life that I want and be the mom that I want, be the entrepreneur that I want. Like if I had a blank slate, what would that look like and how would I create it? And that's what I did. I completely took control of my life and said, no, this is what I want because my mindset shifted from, I don't deserve that. Or like, I've had all this bad stuff happen in the past. And like, it's just not for me. That's how I always felt. But that's what took me to that low place until I realized one day and I went, I'm worthy of this. Like, I deserve this. What makes me any different than anybody else that's created big success in their life? And it was literally a mindset shift Mm -hmm. from going, Megan, but you're stupid. That was a story and a thought that I created in the fifth grade that stuck with me until I was 35 years old. And it was the lens in, in which I viewed everything from. And when I realized that I created that story, I also went, well, what else can I create? What can I do if I created that one that I believed was in my DNA? I thought that was who I was. And when I had that realization and those lines connected for me, if I created that, what else could I create? Mm -hmm. But I took it onto a positive side. And I just, I mean, like, I almost felt like a magician. I was like, what can I create? And when I started to do that, everything started to unfold. It just... Everything shifted for me when I believed that I was worthy, deserving, and at the end of the day, I loved myself. That's where it came back to. I really feel like what Megan, what you just said, Megan, is that curiosity is always the ace up your sleeve. 100%. Curiosity that got you into that. And so if you're someone that's sitting here and you're like, gosh, I don't even know where to start, get curious. Mm. That is the ace up your sleeve. That is what unlocks everything. It's this little tiny curiosity of what else could I do? And one of the things that that I was helping a client with just this week, yesterday on a on a on a one of my one-to-one clients, and I was saying to her, if you if you stopped holding this secret for someone else that she had held her whole life, if you stopped holding this one secret, what would that make room for? Like just to be curious about it. Not that you have to change it, not that you have to take action on it, but I just had this like aha moment of like, when I released the baggage that I was like, no, I have to always be diamond Emily network marketing extraordinaire. I always have to be that version of me. And when I released that version of me to step into being the coach that I wanted to be with my heart on fire, it was like, once I released this bag that I love to hold. And carry with me everywhere. Like my office is a shrine to it, right? But when I just like released having to be that, it made all this room for something totally unexpected. 
And so curiosity though, it's, it's that common thread that ace up our sleeve. I love it. Okay, Megan, where can they get your book? Tell them where to get it. Yes. The Selfish Hour. You can find it on Amazon or anywhere that you buy books online. You can also go to my website at Megan, M-E-G-A-N speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S.com. You can find it there. Come check me out. And I love connecting with people. So let me know if you do get the book or you found value in what we talked about today. Let's connect because we all have stories and it's our stories and our thoughts that hold us back. But we also have the power to shift them and change them and rewrite our entire lives. So I would love to connect with you. So good, Megan. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom and teaching us about your book. And so glad you've been on the show today. Thank you so much, Emily. This was great. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.